You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. The Love Song of Prime by Lots of Oranges Outside on AO3. Rated General Audiences. He can't believe it. Mulder just can't believe it. He's so upset that he almost killed himself on the way home by ramming his car into the monstrous truck in front of him. The trucker's angry shouting of, fucking learn how to drive, asshole, certainly alerts him right up. Mulder doesn't remember how he got home. He just knows that his fingers hurt so much from gripping the steering wheel too hard and that his broken heart hurts a million times more than the broken skin on his fist from coming into contact with the wall next to his living room light switch. The bones in his hand don't seem to be broken, but he's bawling, ugly crying, as if the end of the world has come. He didn't even cry like this when Scully was dying. But catching her? Cheating on him? This is another kind of pain. Cheating is not the right word. His relentless, stupid brain reminds him. Scully isn't your wife or lover. You haven't even asked her to go out on a date, you coward. You ran when she came in with cheese and wine, promising to build a tower with hotel furniture as your exit line. You grabbed her hand for a dance because you know she loves a happy ending and won't leave you hanging. You hide behind innuendos and marriage proposals. You can't leave her alone for even one weekend. You're a chicken, not a man. Mulder covers his face with his left forearm as blood drips from his right hand. He doesn't even know how to put on a fucking band-aid anymore. He's so dependent on her. Well, no more, Mulder concludes, as he turns towards the back of the couch and stuffs his face into a crevices between the seat and the back. He wills himself to sleep, humming that stupid song she once sang to him as a lullaby. He still can't believe it. Fine, it's not cheating because they're not a couple, but he just can't believe. He can't believe that she'd be so inconsiderate as to bring her date into their basement, their office, where she stood on tippy toes and kissed him like they were the only two people left on this planet. Should have been me. Mulder feels like crying again, thinking about her beau, who has his height, his build, his fucking color of hair. They even have the same taste in clothes, it seems. He's never been so depressed after her cancer went into remission. Too late, his brain taunts him. Too fucking late. He lies on his couch, Wondering if a man can die from a broken heart. Mulder guesses he's about to find out. He wakes to the sound of a metal clinging. His front door. Someone's coming in. Maybe the smoking bastard saw it too and has sent his cronies to come kick him while he's down. Mulder thinks grimly about thanking the assassins, wishing for a clean job. God knows he's paid too much deposit to his landlord, but it's probably never enough. Never enough just like his courage to finally become hers. Mulder? Shit. Mulder pretends to be asleep, despite he's never really good at it. He couldn't even fool Samantha when she was six years old, and he hasn't had anyone to practice on all these years. He lies perfectly still, breathing in, out, in, out, pretending, pretending he's dead to the world. Come on, Mulder. I saw you moving when I came in. No, you didn't he said with his eyes closed. He listens as she leaves the living room and returns. She has taken a seat on his coffee table, it sounds like, and her cool hands are now holding his right hand in place. This will sting Mulder. Her warning did not come soon enough. Ah! Mulder screams, 
although most of his pain comes from his heart, not his hand. He opens his eyes to look at her tending and dressing his superficial wound from earlier. I guess you won't kiss it better, he mutters, feeling like a rejected ninth grader. To his surprise, Scully picks up his hand and places a soft kiss right on top of the big square band-aid. Keep this out of water for tonight if you can, she instructs. Any other boo-boo I can fix? Mulder looks at her and sighs. How can she kiss another man and then march into his living room two hours later like nothing had happened? How long? How long what? How long have you been seeing him? Mulder forces himself to say that word. Him. He wishes he would never know the man's name. Better, he wishes that the man has a sorry-ass name worse than Fox. Maybe something like Fabio or Fire. Yeah, born to hippie parents who were just as idiotic as his own. Who were, who were, who were loving and caring and supportive. So Fire is actually a well-adjusted human being because that is what Scully deserves. And he wants the world for her. Mulder has hoped all these years that it was his world. He thought they had an understanding. What a fucking fool he was. He deserves to be named with a stupid moniker like Fox. Mulder. Scully licks her lips once, twice, and takes a shallow breath. Mulder, I want to apologize for what you saw this afternoon. But how do I say this? Say you don't love him. Say you love me. Say the kiss was a mistake. You can say anything, Scully, he sighs. I'll try to understand. The man you saw. God, how do I even begin? Pause. The man you saw this afternoon was actually you traveling back in time. Mulder wonders if he was dreaming. Or maybe this isn't the real Dana Scully. Maybe he has woken up in a parallel universe. Because there is no way in hell that Scully just told him. Time traveling is possible in 2014. And that Fox Mulder just decided to come and see the old office again. And you kissed him, he says, the hurt evident in his voice. You just go around kissing 50-year-olds now? Mulder, he kissed me. You were standing on your tippy toes, Scully. And it sure as hell didn't look like you didn't want to be kissed. She looks at his fish tank for the longest time. And he sees that her cheeks are slightly colored. You're saying that time traveling is possible in the next 16 years and that future me just decided to take a walk down memory lane. And while he's at it, he'll put the moves on you. And he actually got you to kiss him? Yeah, something like that. She bites her lips, looking a little lost. He just seems so familiar and oddly comforting. It was like you, but different. Mulder feels strangely violated, bothered, troubled. Did something happen to the future you? No. Is he going to disrupt the space-time continuum, create a multiverse? How can he be so irresponsible, crazy, careless, stupid? Mulder, can you stop worrying? There's going to be consequences, Scully. Actually, he promised me that everything will be fine right before he kissed me. And you believed him? Mulder spits curtly. Look at it this way. When you want to go into the time travel machine in 16 years, I won't stop you. Her joke failed terribly flat. He wanted me to tell you everything will be fine, too. Mulder wants to believe himself. Scully clearly does. The living room now has no sound other than the humming of his fish tank. So where do we go from here? Scully has always been the one with more courage. I think, hmm, 
I suggest that we keep going like we do until I grow into the future Fox Mulder so you can fall in love with me. She looks at him bewildered. I'm already in love with you, Fox Mulder, the future one and the current one. What about the past one, he quips. Oh, I only have pity for the past one. He opens his mouth, dumbfounded. Yeah, because the past one is so pitiful that he never knows when it's the right time to kiss me. She doesn't have to tell him twice. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.